Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Good afternoon, listeners. This is the Dogs Program. The Australian Council for Defence of Government Schools are here at 12 noon every Saturday to defend and to promote public education. That's education that's public in purpose and outcome. Above all, it is available. It is public in access to all children. And it should be publicly owned and controlled. And it should be the only one that is publicly funded because it's the only one that is publicly accountable. And our governments, if they were genuinely democratic governments, would provide a first-class public education for every child in this country uh, because it is not just in the interests of the children themselves but in the national good, the common good for the common wheel. Now, we know that this is not happening, so that's why we're here And we've had a very interesting week indeed. So here is our press release. Press release 707. Needs policies reveal the true mendacity of religious schools and undermine public education. Turnbull and Birmingham's Gonski 2.0 needs policy has once again exposed the mendacity of the private religious interest. But 2017 is different to 1977. The diversion of public funding from poor Catholic schools to the wealthy Catholic schools started with the first Whitlam Carmel Needs Policy. In those days, uh, listeners, the dogs put out a lot of advertisements trying to expose how the money given for needy schools was in fact being used for um, loss-leading new schools in the developing areas. Um, Poor, needy schools, particularly secondary schools, and it's still going on. Now, it was exposed by the dogs in many full-page advertisements over the decades, but the media ran scared of the sectarian label. So although we we put in a lot of our own money, people put their money where their mouth was, and um, uh, the members of the Nielsen family were quite extraordinary in this, um, these full-page advertisements went in. There was also the secretary of the dogs, Hutchie, who went and... and uh, and painted another roof and put his money in for a full-page advertisement to try to expose what was going on with the needs policies in the 70s, 80s and even the 90s. But um, the uh, media wouldn't touch it. They were scared. They were running scared. In those days, you were dealing with millions and hundreds of millions. Now you're dealing with billions. But in 2017, the Fairfax Press and The Guardian have supported... Birmingham, as he calls the Catholic schools, political bluff. And the Murdoch press, uh, particularly the Australian, 
Although they've given the Catholic threats plenty of oxygen, appear somewhat ambiguous about their claims of discrimination. All the mainstream media agree that wealthy schools are overfunded. No one's questioning this. And Natasha Beta, who's the National Affairs Writer of the Daily Telegraph, for example, on May the 23rd at 12am, had this to say. Poor church has pocketed millions, Catholic and elite schools bank huge surpluses. Now, I'll give you more about what she's um, done uh, and her, her research because it's additional to that done by Trevor Cobalt. She's gone to the Charities Commission website and got a few bits and pieces of information. And suddenly it's becoming obvious that the MySchool website, the data collection in on the MySchool website and also on the Charities Commission website, even though it's a paper tiger, is um, actually uh, being used. There's nothing like good, hold, cold, hard statistical data. And she has this to say, Sydney's Catholic schools banked a whopping $184 million in surplus funds in a year, despite crying poor at new government grant reforms. And the church has pocketed $1.36 billion in taxpayer funds and $419 million in fees during 2015. Its latest financial records reveal. Despite the surplus, the church is threatening to double school fees as the Turnbull government fine-tunes taxpayer funding to target the nation's neediest students. And the remainder of her article, if you want to get the details, which I'll give you later with the individual schools and their surpluses, uh, that is on the statistics section of our website if you want, want the hard copy of it. Now, journalists are drawing much of their material from the data mining of Trevor Cobald of Save Our Schools, and Robert will be giving you information from Trevor Cobald and uh, others later. And he has two latest articles on his website, and they're a mine of information. Birmingham has said that he will not give way to Catholic school bullying, uh, and we're going to watch him very carefully, but remembering, of course, that uh, the vast majority of children are in, still in state schools. It's taken billions, billions and billions and billions of dollars to um, get the uh, enrolments up in the, the private school sector. It's taken 50 years and billions of our money to, first of all, save the so-called independent sector and boost it. Even Howard, who started the latest round of outrageous gifts of public money to the private sector in 1999, is saying that he is, quote, informing himself about the Catholic sector. He was interviewed on Late Line, I think it was, during the week, and um, he wasn't enormously confident about this, this business, although he was prepared to say that he firmly believed in choice. Mr Howard, of course, went to a public school. He went to Canterbury Boys High, uh, but um, he uh, married into the establishment, the North Shore establishment of, uh, of Sydney. 
And uh, as a Sydney girl myself, I have some kind of sense of what's going on in this whole public education, private education debate, because a lot of the material is in fact coming out of New South Wales, which has a much uh, stronger public sector than Victoria. Well, the Greens are taking the part of cash-strapped public schools, I notice, because Hanson Young, who is uh, in charge of their education portfolio, I believe, she went to a public school herself, and she's got the sense of where her votes are going to come from. And the Greens are doing very well uh, in South Australia and New South Wales. But the Labor Party, who are still entranced by this strange shifting Catholic vote are taking the part of the Catholic schools. Now, Gonski 2.0 is not what it seems, and Robert will be talking about this a bit later. Even the supporters of a genuine needs policy, like Save Our Schools group, are waking up to the fact that the winners, once again in the federal government education carve-up, are definitely not the public school sector. Trevor Cobald in his latest press release proves once again that the Turnbull-Birmingham government are trying to pull a confidence trick. Disadvantaged children in public schools will once again be shortchanged while private religious schools are guaranteed that they can build up assets and enjoy surpluses at public expense. No wonder Birmingham is a bit miffed that the Catholic sector are not satisfied with his beautiful new deals for them. So what's really going on? Perhaps the Greens are right to sniff at the growing power in the public school vote. And Mr Shorten and Ms Plibersek should follow their examples. And I have no doubt that Mr Birmingham has been getting very strong messages from the I Want a Gonski group. State aid to private schools has failed, and it's failed dismally to provide educational opportunity for all of Australian children. The only way forward, as far as the dogs are concerned, is backward, back to the 19th century. Take them over. Before we take them over, perhaps we should ask them to be accountable for public money because there is almost no accountability. Once every 50 years, the state educa- the uh, federal education department goes into a school and looks at what's going on once every 50 years. That's ridiculous. We pay for them. We more than pay for them. Everybody's agreeing that they're overfunded. And let the truly independent parents put their money where their pretensions lie. So that is our press release, uh, 707, and we'll have a little break now, uh, a little bit of music, and then Robert will inform you about what Trevor Cobald has been doing and what is happening in this area in New South Wales. And after that, I'll give you what the lady at the Telegraph has found about the schools and their surpluses. The Green Left Weekly Annual Comedy Debate with Rod Quantock is on again. Saturday, June the 17th at the Brunswick Town Hall. MC extraordinaire Rod Quantock will host two teams of comedians debating whether fake news is real news. Comedians include Sean Bedlam, Gabe Hogan, Shirley Hood, Kirsty Mack, Morvan Smith 
and Pauline Fartson, Hellchild. The Green Left Weekly Annual Comedy Debate, Saturday, June the 17th at the Brunswick Town Hall, corner Sydney Road and Dawson Street, Brunswick. Doors open at 6.30pm. For bookings, go to trybooking.com forward slash Q-A-E-N or call 9639 8622. That's 9639 8622, a 3CR supporter. Are you concerned about the growing threat of nuclear weapons? Join the Women's March to Ban the Bomb on the 17th of June in cities across Australia. It's women-led but inclusive of all. Go to womenbanthebomb.org for details. Voice your support for the UN negotiations now underway on a treaty to outlaw nuclear weapons and protest against Australia's shameful boycott of these historic talks. 17th of June, womenbanthebomb.org. The International Campaign to Abolish Nuclear Weapons Australia is a 3CR supporter. Council presents the 5th Annual Leaps and Bounds Music Festival 2017, opening on Thursday the 13th of July with Augie March at the Corner Hotel. Hosted in more than 40 music venues within the city of Yarra, the 10-day festival runs until Sunday the 23rd of July and features Ed Cooper, Dave Graney, the Letter String Quartet, Brooke Russell and Hungry Ghosts Reformation Show. For participating venues and tickets go to Leaps and Bounds Music Festival.com. A 3CR supporter.
the dogs. The Australian Council for the Defence of Government Schools has been fighting for free, universal public education since the 60s. To find out more, please visit our website at www.adogs.info. That's www.adogs.info. Weekly podcasts of the Dogs program are available at the 3CR website, 3cr.org.au. The Dogs are a 3CR supporter. Yes, welcome ladies and gentlemen to the Dogs Program here, the Defenders of Government Schools, D-O-G-S, that's what we do on 3CR 855 on the AM dial and podcast as well. As Jing has quite rightly said in an introduction, this has been a very interesting week in education policy for the great nation of Australia. Um, as we have hinted at over past weeks, sort of Gonski 2.0, whatever they want to call it, um, uh, readjustment of funding arrangements between uh, private and public schools has caused a great deal of ructions. Um, the Catholic Schools Organisation are going to have a grassroots campaign because they think it's all very unfair and probably sectarian and or who, who, who knows what arguments they're going to use. They don't have that many left truths to tell. Um, but here at the Dogs, um, the whole thing has sort of started to unravel. The whole thing has started to fall apart. You can tell it's falling apart because the various players, the various actors in this drama are starting to fight amongst themselves. It has been for well over 30 years, the public school people like ourselves, defending and supporting a situation where the public school system has been under attack. It's been under attack from a large number of organisations, the independent schools, the Catholic school sector, and in large part various political organisations, the Labour and the Liberal Party, have not had the interest of public education in their best interests. Um, However, these various forces, all of which have been attacking public schools for decades now, are now fighting amongst themselves. The Liberal Party in particular is a bit annoyed, Christopher Pine and Andrew Piccoli in particular, they're a bit annoyed because um, the Catholic school systems are going to go out and, and fight against them. The independent school systems have distanced themselves from the Catholic school systems, who've distanced themselves from the politician. They are indeed fighting amongst themselves. Yes, it's, it's an old sort of um, curse slash prayer, and division amongst your enemies. And these various organisations have from time to time been very staunch enemies of the state education system. Now, Trevor Cobalt, a long-time contributor to the DOGS program and a long-time activist for the benefit of public education, and also um, a very clever fellow, used to be on the Productivity Commission, he's an economist apart from other things, he's done an analysis of exactly what it is that Birmingham is proposing, and he's come up with some very, very surprising results. Um, Because he says, and I have every reason to believe him, that private schools are actually set to get more overfunding under the Gonski 2.0 and not less, as the Turnbull government claims. Far from reducing overfunding of private schools, as the government claims it's doing, Gonski 2.0 will massively increase the same overfunding which everyone seems to be complaining about. The government has actually played a smoke and mirrors trick by reducing overfunding for a very small number of grossly overfunded private schools while boosting the overfunding for many schools, many more private schools, and retaining the overfunding for others. As far as um, Cobalt's concerned, it's a hoax on a grand scale. Now, under this whole proposal by Birmingham, Gonski 2.0 or whatever they want to call it, the majority of independent and Catholic schools across Australia will be overfunded 
while the large majority of public schools will remain underfunded. Nothing actually fundamentally changes. He says there will be a fourfold increase in the percentage of independent schools who are overfunded from 17% today to 65% in 2020. Now, that does go some way to explain why the independent school sector are not kicking up a stink about this. In fact, they have been hived off. They are creating a very contrasting series of, of positions to the Catholic school sector, and this might be one of the reasons. Now, many high, um, rich, high SES or rich elite private schools will have their overfunding increased. Many will move from being funded below the SRS standard to being overfunded, and many are already who are already overfunded will remain overfunded even though it will be reduced as a percentage. So the whole process, from Cobalt's point of view, is actually not doing what it even purports to do. Now this overfunding will continue and increase for many because the Commonwealth Government will fund private schools to 80% of their SRS under Gonski 2.0, but without regard for the existing level of state and territory government funding for private schools. Now, just to give you a picture on that, the, the federal government's going to fund to 80% of what the SRS standard is. In Victoria currently, every private school gets a minimum of 25% from the state government. So if you add 80 and 25, you get 105%. That is what Gonski 2.0 is proposing in terms of sheer numbers for, for, for private schools in Australia, and of course in Victoria in particular. And so this whole process of the two systems, state and federal government, competing with each other to give as much money as they can to private schools does not stop. Now, so why are they kicking up a stink if it's not because they don't, they don't want the government looking into their books? They've been cooking the books for years. Well, now the government's starting to look into the books. Yes, indeed. And I'm sure, Jean, um, I think we're going to examine that particular issue, uh, which is indeed one of the reasons why Andrew Piccoli, the ex-education minister in New South Wales at the moment, um, is going to get in trouble. But I think we're going to deal with that sort of slightly separately because that is a very big and significant issue, again, which is coming out of the woodwork because the enemies, the enemies of public education are now divided just at this brief minute. I don't think it's going to continue that way. I think the Catholic school system is going to back off. I think they are going to back off uh, because they'll realise that no one really wants to... They don't want people looking inside their books. And there's a couple of reasons for that, which I'm sure we'll outline later in the program. But Malcolm Turnbull has spruced his whole thing as it's fair, needs-based and consistent. The Minister for Education, Simon Birmingham, said the distribution of school funding under this process will be needs-based and we're committed to fairness and equity as core values. But, according to Cobalt, this whole process is neither equitable nor fair. No funding model that increases overfunding for high SES private schools while failing to adequately support public schools, where 80% of the disadvantaged students are all enrolled, can be considered fair and equitable. Instead, the whole process entrenches inequity in education. Now, Cobalt mentions that the Catholic education authorities are whining because overfunding of their elite schools is either being directly cut or future funding increases will be less than they would have otherwise been. However, many of these schools will still be overfunded. And by the way, 
the whole overfunding, underfunding thing, there is no debate about this. No one's actually arguing about this. The Catholics, the independents, the state schools, the politicians, everyone agrees that they are being overfunded. Like, that's, that's not the question. They're, they're not arguing the stats. They're just saying, well, we want to keep being overfunded because, you, because we want it. Now, an example he pulls out. Monsanto Angelo's Mercy College and Jesuit School in Sydney will be funded at 162% of their allocated funding, and Loretto Killer Billy in Sydney will be funded at 160% of their allocation. In contrast, many disadvantaged public schools will be funded at less than 90% of their SRS. Now, the Catholic education authorities are also complaining about the phasing out of the system-weighted advantage, funding arrangements that apply to Catholic systemic schools. This special deal that the Catholic schools now have, have had and want to continue, has historically provided more privileged funding for Catholic schools than for any other religious school system in Australia. Yet there is no reason for them to whine under Gonski 2.0. All Catholic schools will be funded at over 100% of their SRS very closely. So they'll get all the money that they deserve, but some of them won't get 160%. Some of them will. Now, the other reason I think, which Jean has highlighted, is actually worth pointing out, and we'll get to in detail, is that the way the Catholic education authorities fund their schools is deliberately opaque. But going back to what Trevor Cobalt was saying, he said the complaints about funding cuts to the ACT Catholic systemic school system are entirely misplaced. These schools receive a huge funding boost through a special deal negotiated with the Catholic Church by the Labor government in the ACT in order to win the acceptance of the first Gonski. It was a gross corruption of the Gonski principle of needs-based funding and provided these schools with millions of dollars, which they're going to keep. Now, all members of the Parliament who supported greater equity in education, particularly Labor and the Greens, must reject the amendments to the Education Act proposed by the government that allow for an increase in overfunding of private schools. Instead, they should present amendments to ensure that all overfunding of private schools is phased out. Now, this whole overfunding, underfunding thing, I think I have to point out quite frankly and just quite strictly and quite sensibly that no private school should get any funding from the government of Australia because they are a private school. That's what they say they are. That's what they want to be. They want to have control over who they let in and who they don't. They want to be exempt from the anti-discrimination laws of this country. They want to make sure that there's no gays in their school. They want to make sure that there's no, no people of ambiguous sexuality in their school. They want to make sure there's no people in their school that might challenge their beliefs. Um, and if they want to do that as private schools, and indeed as private religious schools, quite frankly, what people do in their living rooms is no business of mine. And where people spend their money in terms of education, as long as the basic education standard is there, as long as they are taught to read and write and count and be creative and do all those sorts of things, and as long as what they are taught in those schools is not contrary to the law of Australia, then go for your lives. But it's not a question of overfunding that or underfunding that. You don't fund that. That is a personal choice. Um, I don't expect people to subsidise my choice to go and buy a McDonald's. Um, that is that is my own personal self-destructive choice, <laughs> um, and and neither and neither would anyone expect that to be the case. Now, there's all sorts of arguments that counter what I'm saying, but none of them actually stuck up in them all. But um, what's what's 
the whole point of overfunding and underfunding is is deck chairs on the Titanic as their education system sinks sinks slowly below the horizon of what the rest of the world is doing. Which is the reason why Birmingham's in a panic in the first place. The reason why Turnbull and Birmingham are doing anything at all is that Australia is falling behind the rest of the world in terms of our educated children. Oh, statistics came out, I'm sorry, Jean, but statistics came out this week that an enormous percentage of Australian children are financially illiterate. Australian children, they don't know. And people say, oh, I don't use much of what I learn at school. I tell you what, financial literacy you use every day. And if you get taught that at school, that's a damn useful thing to get taught. And if you're coming out of an education system and you're not financially literate, then you've got big problems in life because you'll say, oh, credit card's good, I can have free money or something stupid like that. But in Australia, our education system is failing the population. Birmingham knows it. And because of that, he's trying to do something about it because of all the wasted money that's being spent on private education systems. That's the whole point of what he's trying to do. And we've highlighted this, this, this nice idea. But as Cobalt's quite rightly pointing out, that's exactly what he's not doing. It's terrifying. I think that you also have to realise that the I want Gonski and the state school people have been mounting a lot of pressure on the uh, Liberal Party and the Labor Party too. And certainly the Greens have been listening uh, for the last two years. Uh, the public school vote, which after all is 66% of the population, two-thirds of the population almost are still in uh, state schools and have parents in, of those children. Um, and they're not completely politically illiterate, Robert, nor are they financially illiterate. As the middle class is, is hollowed out in this country, uh, the people who were the haves are becoming the have-nots, but uh, they're not necessarily happy about that. Yes. And just before we finish this and go on to what I think Jean wants to talk about, which is probably the most important issue, which is not highlighted in the mainstream press. I'd just like to highlight that Andrew Adrian Piccoli, the ex-education minister in New South Wales, said something very interesting. He said that when he was the education minister in New South Wales, he was in the process of giving the Catholic education system in New South Wales every year $500 million, half a billion dollars. Now, you think there's a funding arrangement and there's a, the SES, rent, how much money does each school get? How much money does each child get? There's a lot of kids in Catholic schools in, in New South Wales. And so there's a formula for who gets what, um, to be fair. So the you know, rich kids in Catholic schools, in rich Catholic schools, don't necessarily get as much money from the government as, as, as poorer children in poorer Catholic schools. Anyway, there's a formula. The government has the formula. The formula gets worked out, and that's where the dollars come from. Dollars end up at half a billion dollars. And Adrian Piccoli sort of highlighted, he said, this is all a bit ridiculous because when it comes from me to giving them the money, I sit down with the representatives of the Catholic Church and there's a one-page document, one-page contract. And the, and the contract says, give us the money, we'll spend it the way we want. Correct. No account. Give us the whole lot. None of it's targeted as far as we're concerned. We will distribute these funds the way we see fit because we are the Catholic education system, we are the Catholic Church, and we know best. One, yes, and, and Piccoli sat down and he signed the document and they signed the document. He said, that always puzzled me. He said, why, why, was that, you know, why is that? And then, strangely, there's been some leaked memos from the Catholic Education Office that have popped out that support the government's position that the Catholic Education Office is giving extra money to rich kids 
and less money to poor kids. Now, why would a wonderful organisation that's deeply religious and caring and kind be doing such a thing? I mean that in a sort of sarcastic way in this context. Why would they be doing... And this is the question that if it pops out of this whole sort of enemies amongst enemies fighting each other debate, if this is the question that pops out and stays out, then that is in fact a significant win in the battle to defend public education because that is one of the key points. Taxpayers' money, my money, your money, Dale's money, Jean's money, everyone's money is being spent by a bunch of bishops the way they see fit. Please note, please note that Piccoli lost his job when he started he when he started questioning. He that, did. that explains it. He lost his job late last year, and now it's starting to come out why a man, who, by the way, is um, a staunchly religious person. And, he's a and, Roman Catholic. Yeah, no, yeah. He's, 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 he's just, but from his point of view, um, good governance and good religion are two separate ideas, and I, and I, I commend him for that. Um, yeah, so he, he, he's not sort of biased. He's not, he's not sectarian. He's not anti-Catholic. He's not you know, jumping up and down about the Irish or anything like that. Um, he's, he, he's not that sort of person. He's just saying, but... but, but how do I know how you're going to spend it? Now, when the Islamic school system does this, there's all hell to pay. In fact, there was. They closed down a school because, they, because of financial mismanagement. But the Catholic school system, because the money is so much, the system is so vast, the emperor seems to have no clothes. Now, I know Jean is going to highlight this in detail as we continue on with the dogs program after a little music and, and these messages. For three years, teachers have had their qualifications, their pay, their pensions and their working conditions attacked relentlessly by this government. I'm a proud product of a government-funded primary school education and of a government-funded secondary school education. Australia is one of the richest and luckiest countries in the world and there's no reason whatsoever why we can't have the very best public schools in the world. It's simply not good enough that kids with disability miss out. You're listening to The Dogs, the defence of government schools on 3CR. Well, we're certainly full of facts and figures today, but um, it is a facts and figures matter. Um, The Catholic Church particularly has been well exposed uh, in what it has been doing with billions of dollars of public money for decades and the lack of accountability is becoming more and more glaringly obvious. Um, They're very good at saying, oh, it might have been like that, but we've changed things. Things have changed a bit. Uh, We do things differently now. But um, it's very difficult to um, believe them unless, of course, they open their books. Well, there are now a number of organisations that they are answerable to. They're answerable to ASIC because they have corporatised many of them. And they're answerable to the Charities Commission. And Natasha Bita who is the National Affairs Writer from the Daily Telegraph, um, has been doing her homework. Now, this material has been sent us from New South Wales. Our friends from ANSA, which is the secular group in New South Wales, sent this to us on, on, the, on our Hotmail address, and we're very grateful for it. And uh, Dale, 
uh, is going to read it to you because it makes very interesting reading. Although many people in our audience are from Victoria, I understand that, uh, most of this relates to the very wealthy schools that are in the eastern suburbs and the northern suburbs of Sydney. So I hope you'll bear with us uh, as we become a little bit Sydney-centric, but the figures are very interesting indeed. Over to Dale. Thanks, Jean. Okay, the article says, Elite private schools are generating windfalls, the Daily Telegraph's investigation into private school finances has revealed. The world-class swimming pool complex at Knox Grammar School, the number one playing field at Knox Grammar School. Sydney Church of England Grammar School Shaw spun a $13 million surplus in 2015 after receiving $4.8 million in government grants and $58.5 million in fees and donations. Knox Grammar made a $12.7 million surplus after pocketing $7.8 million in grants and $73.8 million from annual fees, as high as $30,600. A spokesman said the surplus was directly invested in programs to benefit our students. Trinity Grammar, which received, which recently built an $18.2 million aquatic centre, banked a $7.6 million surplus in 2015 after receiving $11.5 million in grants and $54.4 million in fees and donations. Bellevue Hills, the Scots College, made a $7.7 million surplus, while Ashams Girls School made $4.6 million. St. Catherine's School in Waverley, building a $63 million auditorium with an orchestra pit and a water polo pool, made a $7.2 million surplus in 2015 after getting $5.3 million in taxpayer funds. The impressive entrance to the King's School on Pennant Hills Road. Headmistress Julie Townsend said, The school reinvests any surplus back for the benefit of the girls' education. That is the legal re- requirement for a non-profit, not-for-profit school, she said. Skegg's principal, Jenny Allum, said the school's $2.5 million surplus was invested in capital works. At the other end of the spectrum, St Clair High School, principal Sally Smithard, dreams of a second-hand bus. We would love to buy a minibus for our kids, Miss Smithard said yesterday. We're not on a train line, so excursions are really expensive. I'm amazed at how many kids haven't been across the Harbour Bridge. A Catholic Education Commission New South Wales spokesperson said the government's funding reforms would force some Catholic schools to more than double their fees. He defended the size of the surplus, saying it would be used to build new schools. Federal Education Minister Simon Birmingham warned the church yesterday that there was no reason to raise fees. The surpluses are outlined in reports lodged with the Federal Education Department and obtained by the Telegraph through the Australian Charities and Not-for-Profit Commission. So uh, here's some of the Catholic schools, some of the school private school profits. Sydney Catholic schools. Government grants, $722.9 million dollars. Other revenue, $225 million. Employee expenses, $633.7 million. Interest payments, $11.3 million. Other expenses, $199 million. 
So the surplus, $104.2 million for Sydney's Catholic schools. <laughs> Catholic Education Office of Diocese of Parramatta receives government grants of $448.2 million. Other revenue, $144.3 million. Employee expenses three hundred ninety-seven point six million. Interest five million. Other expenses one hundred thirty-two point four million. So the surplus is fifty-seven point four million dollars for the Catholic Education Diocese of Wollongong. They get uh, government grants of one hundred ninety-one point four million. Other revenues like fees fifty million. Employee expenses come up to one hundred fifty nine point five million. Then there's interest four point eight million. Other expenses fifty four point nine million, leaving them with a measly surplus of twenty two point three million dollars. Private schools, Kincopal in Rose Bay, get government grants of three point five million. Other revenue fees twenty two twenty six point six million. Employee expenses come to $16.9 million. Other expenses, $10.1 million. Surplus, $2.8 million. Cranbrook School in Bellevue Hill. Government grants of $5 million. Other revenue, $47 million. Employee expenses, $31.4 million. Other expenses, $18.4 million. And the surplus, $3.4 million. Uh, the Anglican Boys' School in Bellevue Hill was attended by the late billionaire Kerry Packer and his son James. Trinity Grammar School in Summerhill, government grants of $11.5 million. Other revenues, $54.4 million. Employee expenses, $38 million. Other expenses, $20 million. So their surplus is $7.6 million. The Anglican Boys' School boasts a recording studio with 30 music studios and has built an $18.2 million aquatic centre with underwater cameras. It's good for education, isn't it? Yeah, and they were under under um, scrutiny because of quite shocking bullying incidences in that school. That was Trinity. Yep. Mm. And now, the King's School in Parramatta, I get... In government grants, $9.1 million. Other revenues, uh, $56.4 million. Employee expenses, $35.3 million. Other expenses, $26 million. So their surplus is $3.6 million. It's quite obvious these schools just don't need public money. A former New South Wales Premier Mike Baird attended King's School, the oldest independent school, which boasts its own rifle range. Mm. Skeggs in Darlinghurst. Gets three million in government grants, other revenue twenty nine point eight million. Their ex- their employee expenses come to twenty point nine. Other expenses eight point eight. So their surplus is two point five million. Anglican Girls School in Darlinghurst was attended by Margaret Whitlam, uh, Gillian Armstrong, and Claudia Carvan. St Catherine's School in Waverley gets five point three million in government grants. Other revenue gets thirty point eight million. Their employee expenses, $20.2 million. Other expenses, $8.7 million, leaving them with a surplus of $7.2 million. The Anglican Girls' School in Sydney's eastern suburbs is building a $63 million auditorium with an orchestra pit, water polo pool and flyover tower for theatre productions. St Aloysius College in Milsons Point 
gets government grants of $8.8 million. Other revenue, $23.4 million. Employee expenses come to $19.8 million. Other expenses, $10.7 million. So their surplus is $2.5 million. Catholic Jesuit Boys School attended by former Prime Minister Tony Abbott. Australian Ambassador to the US, Joe Hockey, immunologist Sir Gustav Nossal, and former New South Wales Premier Nick Griner. They all enjoyed St Aloysius College. Now, the Scotch College in Bellevue Hill gets $6.6 million in government grants. Other revenue, $71.4 million. Their employee expenses come to $43.2 million. Other expenses, $26.4, leaving them with a surplus of $7.7 million. Have you noticed the surpluses are always over a million dollars of what the government's given them? Yeah, they don't need, they don't need public money, these people. None at all, because their surplus is more than what the government's And if they're them. Catholic schools, of course, they're getting extra money from the centre anyway uh, that's taken away from the poor schools. So if they want something for that extra um, polo or what was it, the uh, rifle range? Oh, oh, the, uh, I think there's only one, there's the only one, only one rifle range, <laughs> uh, which is very interesting. Um <laughs> So, uh, yeah, uh, they, they don't need the public money at all. They could give it back in all their charitable... Uh, I wonder if they have any sense of charity, really. really, really. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, now, the Asham School uh, gets $3.4 million in government grants. Other revenue, $37.7 million. They say their employee expenses come to $26.3 million. Other expenses, $10.2 million. So their surplus is... $4.6 Still a million over what the government's given them. Uh, the girls' school is set in 4.4 hectares of grounds in Edgecliffe and their fees are not published. Uh, the Shaw School, the Sydney Church of England Grammar School, Shaw, gets $4.8 in government funding. Other fees, it gets 58.5 other uh, in other revenue, like fees, 58.5 million. Um, they say their employee expenses around 33.9, other expenses 16.2, leaving them with a surplus of $13 million. Church of England Boys School overlooking Sydney Harbour is planning a $53 million sports centre with a new indoor pool suitable for water polo. Oh, now how inclusive is that? That's your money. That's your money paying for that. <laughs> Well, there's the question because they're obviously keeping it back because they have a surplus with a, with an additional million of their own money uh, to to deal with these it's people. It is extraordinary. Yeah. Knox Grammar, seven point eight million in government funding. Other revenue, uh, like fees, seventy three point eight million. So they say their employee expenses around forty two million. Other expenses twenty nine point seven million, leaving them with a surplus of twelve point seven million dollars. As I recall, this money was given to them by Mr Kemp and Mr Howard back in the 90s so that they would bring down their fees. <laughs> and those are extraordinary fees. What kind of people can, can afford those fees? Actually, yeah, it's, got, uh, it's published the Year 11 and 12 fees here for Knox Grammar, $30,600 per student. And there was a, a sexual um, sex case up there, wasn't there, that was quite bad? Yeah. Uh, moving on, there's there's more. You know, it doesn't get any better though. No. Um, Abbotsley School gets 4.5 million in government grants. Uh, in other revenue, like fees, it gets 41.5 million. So their employee expenses are around 30.3 million. Other expenses, 15.3 million, leaving them with a surplus of 1.9 million. Uh, Northern Beaches Christian School, 11 million in government grants. 
other revenue, 13.3 million. Employee expenses, 13.1. Other expenses, 7.4, leaving them with a surplus of $3.7 million. Barker College, government grants of 7.7 million. Other revenue, 50.2 million. Employee expenses, 44.4 million. Other expenses, 16.2 million with a surplus of $2.3 million. Just think of, of how principals of public schools that are, are cash-strapped, badly cash-strapped, oh. who can't even uh, think of maintenance on old buildings, just think how they're thinking about all of this. Yeah, and you hear the teachers who have to spend money out of their own pocket, yep. you know, for basic supplies. It's not only that. In New South Wales, there's a group called the Smith Family, um, and I know about this because you're asked to give about $600 a year to help children who are badly disadvantaged from from families that have fallen into poverty or are in poverty. Um, and uh, the Smith Family was set up, actually, by the uh, New South Wales Teachers' Federation. So large numbers of people, like myself around Australia give money so that disadvantaged children will have food on the table and be able to get their books to go to school with. Um, The Smith family do a reasonable job, but they are a charity. And why should they be asking uh, for charity when these children have a right to a a proper education? Mm. This is the other side of this story of this quite outrageous and disgusting mendacity and wealth that we're looking at. And it's been going on since the dogs first started. These are schools, dear listeners, that I sat outside of and protested back in 1969 to 1973. We had, in New South Wales with the dogs, protests outside these wealthy schools. They were wealthy then, and now they are just... they they. There's something really quite disgusting about this level of wealth in our society Mm. Uh, and it reflects upon us all uh, on our our values that Mm. this is allowed not only to continue but to flourish. Back then we were dealing with a few million dollars. Then I remember when it got to $10 million and we were concerned. Uh, Schools were getting $10 million dollars. Uh, and then now we're dealing with billions and billions mm. and billions of taxpayers' funding. No wonder Birmingham and Turnbull are worried. They have every right to be. Not only that, the people in the Catholic sector in themselves are wondering what on earth is going on. If you look at the Thursday, May the 25th age, uh, the Catholic heads, that is the principals, are being asked to um, marshal the voting, the voting block of the Catholic Church. But the principals themselves are asking questions. They are being asked to send material home. And they are saying, yes, but give us the right material. Mm. Uh, for example, uh, they, they, uh, they don't want to be telling their parents that they're going to have to put up fees when they're not sure that they'll have to. St Patrick's College Ballarat principal, John Crowley, had said that he didn't expect that the proposed changes would lead to significant free increases in his school. He's probably worked out he's going to get more money. 
And he said he needed more clarity before he was communicating with parents to tell them to oppose Mr Birmingham's uh, reforms. The information from the Catholic Education Commission of Victoria, that's from Mr Elder, by the way, is at odds with the information from the Education Minister Simon Birmingham, he said. There's a standoff of opinions. The information we're sending out needs to be accurate. And Michael Gray, the principal of St Joseph's Primary School in Warrnambool, wrote to parents that unreasonable fee increases are only a possibility at this stage. Hmm. The Catholic Education Commission of Victoria Executive Director Stephen Elder has said that he was trying to educate 140,000 families with children in Victorian Catholic schools about the potential impacts of the government's proposal. We hope the government will realise the merits of our case, he said, and amend its proposals or we will find sufficient support elsewhere in the parliament to to spare our parents' fee increases. Now, the problem here, of course dear listeners, is that the Catholic Church uh, is not uh, prepared to actually give all of its votes to the one party. It's a bit like, I suppose it's a bit like a flea. It's it's prepared to jump. Uh, And it's quite likely that the Labor Party will get back into power. And, of course, who is in charge of the Labor Party but Mr Shorten and Tanya Plibersek, both of whom are very uh, interested in the Catholic vote at this stage and uh, it's all going to be very interesting indeed. Let's watch Mr Birmingham, Mr Shorten and Hanson Young of the Greens. But that's all for now. Uh, Our time has run out, so it's bye for now.
Says he. 